be able to surrender yourself to God and to allow him to make you pure and holy. It's to humble yourself, to bring all your burdens, all your scars, all your past sins, things that you regret. Because, mind you, he already knows this. To bring all of these things to the cross and say, Lord, this is this is my baggage. This is what I have. Please make me clean. Please make me whole so that I may be able to worship you wholeheartedly. That I may be able to worship you with all my mind, my body and spirit, with all that is within me. And that I may dwell in your presence. Purity is, it's not about perfection, as in perfection defined by the world. Hi, hi, everyone. You're listening to More Coffee, Please, and I'm your host, Harriet. In today's episode, we're going to chat a bit about purity. When we hear the word purity, we often hear it in conjunction with holiness. Holiness itself is defined as the state of being holy. Holiness is is a fundamental element in the distinctive nature of God as is revealed in scripture. Uh, we see this in Leviticus 19 verse 2. It says, Give the following instructions to the entire community of Israel. You must be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. And this he commands us to be holy as well. Our holiness, it's a basic response to his grace. To be holy is to be, is to be set apart. Jesus was set apart. In fact, remember when he said, I didn't come to change the law he came to be the embodiment of holiness itself. And then now, when we talk about purity, to be pure is to be without blemish or stain. It's the state of being morally and spiritually unsullied, which is seen by scripture as the result of being the people of God and also an expected distinguishing mark of the church. Being a Christian Being a Christian means to live a holy and pure life that glorifies God in order to make his kingdom known on earth. Therein lies our motive and mandate. Our lives lives must reflect Jesus, who was pure and holy himself. I'm just going to share a few points with some scriptures. So if you want, grab a pen and a notebook or flip through the scriptures with me as well. We also ought to be pure in our speech. That is to think carefully before we speak. Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those that hear them. We ought to be pure in our thinking. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. We see here that mindset is very important. We ought to be pure in our ways. How we carry ourselves as Christian Christians is very important because we belong to a pure and holy kingdom. 
Are we being modest and attire in character? Are we obedient to authority? Are we fleeing from sin? And I don't mean jogging away or running away. I mean marathon sprinting from sin. Or are we on the other side where we cherry pick our sins on some, I know I lie, but at least I don't fornicate or commit adultery. On some, I know I blaspheme, but at least I don't kill. We, we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And that means we represent the behavior, the customs, the traditions that are kept in God's kingdom. I mean, isn't that a privilege? Amen. When, um, when an ambassador stays in a different country, the country that they reside in, forgive me, the English is running away. <laughs> um, they don't change their customs to suit the country that they're staying in. Instead, they uphold them so much that if anyone visits the embassy, they know they've stepped into the ambassador's country. That's how it should be with us. Are we representing Christ the way he deserves to be represented? And while we're doing that, are we doing it sincerely? Because it's one thing to do the right thing, but are our hearts right when we do them? If you know the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector in Luke 18.10, you see a religious man doing what he should do but with the wrong intentions. He wanted to be seen and praised. He wanted his ego fed. That's one side of the spectrum. Other people do these good things just because they've been told to. In Isaiah 1 verse 2 to 15, God is reproving Israel for having a parrot fashion routine. Okay, it doesn't actually say that, but... <laughs> What we see here is that the Israelites were doing everything right, but their hearts were not right. Another powerful aspect of God is that he's omniscient, all-knowing. He knows disobedience and rebellion as much as he knows loving obedience. He knows falseness and deceit as much as he knows sincerity and honesty. And he will recompense each person according to his deeds. He knows what we do, but he also knows what is treasured in our hearts. Matthew 5 verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Psalms 3 verse, Psalms 24 verse 3 to 5 goes to ask, who, who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. All men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it's that grace that Christ died on the cross for each and every person. Now, a lot of people would be wondering why we make it sound so easy to be pure. Of course it's not. If I recall correctly, in Philippians 3, Paul is speaking about his life and what he's had to give up in order to fall, in order to finish the race that he has started. And he mentions something very powerful from verse 12. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race 
and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And once we understand that, and we stop looking to the world for how we ought to carry ourselves, the easier it becomes to be conformed to the patterns of heaven and not to be conformed to the patterns of this earth. And to be honest, I am also still learning. I am always reminded of the grace that the Father has granted me and the grace the Father has granted you and that he is faithful to restore that which is lost and it's worth it. All the pain, all the persecution, all the isolation that we get from the world for being children of God, it's worth it because I know I know what is ahead. I know the price that is ahead. I know that to live is Christ and to die is gain. So either way, I'm good because I know the one that I serve and he is great. He is greater than anything or anyone on this earth and beyond. So my brothers and sisters, that's the message I have in my heart for you. A lot of the other aspects of purity, I will cover them in a different episode possibly uh, when we talk about relationships or when we talk more about holiness that's it for me guys thank you so much for listening thank you so much for tuning in i hope to be with you next week when we do another episode and do share this with a friend do share it with your family spread the news and listen to the other episodes hey but aside from that guys have a lovely weekend And God bless you. Amen.